Hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tea for Lunch. Welcome to Tea for Lunch. I'm so excited to get the tea and to sip some tea in today's episode. Yes, this is very exciting. If you're new here, welcome. I'm Leah. This is Jill. And this is the show where we serve out the news to you in 15 minutes or less. Mm -hmm. So before we get started, we're going to start with some tea. Mm -hmm. I don't actually know what we have here. Oh, I think it's just water. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it, it a tea water. in a second. Yeah, it does need to become tea. I chose a mint. Oh, that's nice. I'm going calm chamomile. Oh, that's what I need. I know. Very we all nice. need a little bit of that right now. Very good. How has life been for you lately? Things have been good. I obviously am happiest when the sun is out. So I've been going walking by the river, sitting, and just sunbathing mm. like a little turtle. I love that. <laughs> I love what that. Do do? <laughs> well, some instant, a similar vein last night, I took a night walk, which I always like to do before the sun goes fully down. It's mm. a little scary to go out at direct night. Had the best time on my walk, and then when I turned around, it was a little too dark, and I ran back home. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta stay, stay safe out there. You do have to stay safe. There's a place I walk, and there's a graveyard up oh, above, yeah. and so when it gets dark, I, you start hearing sounds, and you're like, <laughs> uh, I'm out. Peace out. I don't want to <laughs> hang out with you guys anymore. That's funny. So, Yeah. We're doing similar things. Yeah, okay. I love that. Yeah. Okay, well, we have some people here. Welcome to everybody who is tuning in. If you're new here, every week we'll cover some kind of main story uh, with a marketing angle, and it could be a summary of new technology, breaking news in the industry, or trends that we're watching. So you can catch the show on Instagram Live Thursdays around 12.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, or you can tune in tomorrow on Friday uh, and replay the episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. You'll get all the tea. You get all the tea. You, get a, you have to pour your own, but, you know, that's okay. something to listen to. Okay, so our first story this week. Mm -hmm. Celebrities, are they boring, yes or no? Mm. So we all came to this collective realization that, uh, well, when was it? Last week? It was only a week ago, I guess. After this year's Met Gala, that celebrities just aren't serving the same energy they used to. Mm -hmm. And though nothing can compare to um, or come close to 2018's Heavenly Bodies theme, the outfits, the people, the same old, same old, just left everyone a little bit unsatisfied. Mm -hmm. so at the Met Gala. At the yeah. Met Gala. <laughs> I didn't say the Met Gala. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at the Met Gala on May 5th. Mm -hmm. And a Refinery29 article came out that day titled, Are We in the Most Boring Era of Celebrity? Mm -hmm. And I wonder, should we be expecting more from celebrities or is the cult of celebrity finally dying? F. Scott Fitzgerald famously said, the rich are different from you and me. And yet, according to one Twitter user, fashion in the Gilded Age is supposed to be about showing off your wealth and extravagance. Why are these celebs wearing party dresses that look like they came from a Zara sale? Great question. So if you're not familiar, the cult of celebrity is this concept that uh, we look at cele celebrities to distract ourselves from our lives. And after a few, let's say, bleak years, people were hoping for something extravagant to happen at the mm. Met Gala. People wanted more. And it seems like everyone is famous these days. Everyone's had their 15 minutes, but not many of them glitter the way that they used to. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? Do we expect too much mm. from celebrities or do we think that the cult of celebrity is finally losing its grip on us? 
Well, it's a really interesting angle to take because I think with the art of TikTok and influencers coming to the main stage, we definitely see a huge turnover of shelf life for celebrities. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to big events like the Met, we have to go back to the intention about why the Met was implemented in the first place. It's a celebration of culture and fashion. And so to have this event that has generated so much culture, but at the same time, as things progress and have become faster, we see different people being invited and like, you know, some Kardashians invited, some TikTok influencers, and then the guest list changes every year after year. It just begs the question, you know, are the stars shining the same? And I would agree. I, I'm not sure if they mm -hmm. are. Yeah. Well, and it's just interesting because I think we're expecting maybe different things from celebrities. Mm. We're expecting them to make statements. We're expecting them to come uh, with a bold perspective or maybe make a political perspective or a statement. And we're expecting them to come and show up in different ways. We don't want them to just be beautiful, glistening, shining, uh, perfect Barbie dolls anymore. You know, I think that we're looking for something a little bit more. Uh, speaking of a little bit more and celebrities, mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Gwyneth did a thing on <laughs> Goop yesterday and the whole internet felt like it was going a little bit mad. Everyone was very confused. Mm -hmm. Did you see this post? Yes. So there was a post that came out by Goop and it was this luxury diaper that was being sold for $120 for 12 diapers. And the immediate feedback from this, and you have to actually see it, like it is a, a very shiny <laughs> diaper. It has amber um, fasteners and was Virgin like very, alpaca wool very beautifully done. Yeah. And, but, you know, the response from the public was like, we are also offended. Why would you do this? This is incredibly tasteless at a time where we have like so much taxing and the, eco the economy is not very well. So... Mm -hmm. People were losing their minds. People were, I was like, take a deep breath, open the comment section, let's get into it. And it's just so fascinating because everyone is in the comment section. Essentially what you're saying is this is so um, disconnected from what's going on. And that was the point. And Gwyneth made a video on Goop's platform this morning saying, if that was offensive to you, good, because diapers are treated as a luxury item. They shouldn't be taxed in the US and they're incredibly inaccessible and unaffordable. And it makes me wonder, okay, good marketing or bad marketing? This needs to be like a new segment on the show. Yeah, no, that's great. I, well, it kind of rounds out back to the Met because it's really a PR, right? So this was an angle for a campaign to get more traction than it would have if it was just a simple charity, like we're giving to charity posts. So there was an efficiency to it that was really beautiful. And when we think of the Met and celebrities wearing such like things that were not even on brand or they're not in theme, a lot of the time it's, it's for PR publicity, it's but true. I do think it was very well done. And I think there was a plan before it was executed and that they knew there was going to be backlash. They knew that they were going to possibly lose followers by doing something performative, mm -hmm. but to come in and be like, actually, this was a satire. We're doing this to cause awareness and awareness was made. Honestly, brands, you better step up. Goop is killing it out here. Yeah. They're getting people's attention. They're making people think. They are causing people to have discussions in the comment section. I honestly think Good marketing. I think so too. Yes. <laughs> so in other, uh, in other news, when we think about art and the art world, an amazing auctioned piece was auctioned off this week. And it was the Marilyn Monroe by Andy Warhol, um, silk screen print. You guys have probably seen it. It's one of the most iconic silk screen, uh, sorry, cannot speak, but silk screens of all time. And it was sold for $195 million, making it the most 
expensively sold auctioned art piece since Jean Michel Vasquez. So, just a correction: the um, the highest auctioned American art American piece, art the piece. highest art auction art piece ever, was Leonardo da Vinci's. Um, what was it? Uh, Mundi Salvador Mundi. It mm. sold for over four hundred fifty million dollars. Wow. So, the, but this is a really big deal for American this art because American art isn't always seen as more as valuable. It is newer. Um, the art market's constantly fluctuating mm -hmm. and changing. It's based on trends. It's based on what people deem valuable mm -hmm. versus what the art world might deem valuable, like um, a classic masterpiece. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because there is this self-evident superiority of the Marilyn series. It's always been a little bit more covetable than some of Andy Warhol's other series and pieces. Right. And as well, a fetishization of Marilyn. I mean, like going back to the Met Gala, Kim wearing her dress. So I think it's Warhol setting this record is a really cool indication mm -hmm. of what's going on right now. And it's still this apropos commentary on, you know, what we see as relevant in terms of the commercialization of, of art or the commodification mm -hmm. of people. And so I think, you know what? Good job, Warhol. I hope your spirit is happy. It yeah. is an, a pretty incredible achievement. Mm -hmm. And as you, we were chatting about this earlier, mm -hmm. the person who bought the piece seems like a really cool guy too. Yeah, he's really cool. He actually owns, um, I think over nine galleries between Hong Kong and New York, but he had really humble beginnings. He actually started selling ocean view paintings out of a parking lot in LA. Wow. So to, to think of an art dealer who started with such humble beginnings was taking under uh, the wing of a bigger art auctioner and eventually getting to a point where he not only just purchased this piece, but he's actually previously owned this piece and had sold it off. So this was a huge deal. Mm -hmm. um, we actually don't know if he purchased it for himself or for one of the billionaires he does represent. But if you look him up, his name is uh, Larry Gagachon, uh, I think. And he is just a really humble person mm -hmm. I, from what it seems. So yeah, yeah really loved it. It's really cool. And the cool thing too is that proceeds are going to charity and it seems like he gets to choose where the charities, who the charities are. So I'm excited to see where, some, oh, that's a lot of money. So I'm excited to see where it's going to go. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Our last story is TikTok introduces its first ad product to offer a revenue share with creators. So TikTok is trying to lure advertisers and businesses to the platform by promising them a prime spot next to the best performing videos. Mm -hmm. It's called TikTok Pulse, a new advertising solution that launches fully in June to US advertisers. And it will be the first ad product that also involves a revenue share with creators. So this is a big deal for content creators who are trying to monetize their platforms and make a living online. If you've ever made a TikTok, you know how time consuming it is. Being an influencer on TikTok is like having a full-time job. And I know there's a lot mm -hmm. of people who are looking to make that full-time income. And so being a, a TikTok creator with at least a hundred thousand followers. So if you have a, a if you are a brand or a a creator with a hundred thousand followers, you'll be able to now split 50% mm -hmm. of the ad revenue with whatever brand you're working with mm -hmm. through TikTok pulse. This is comparable to YouTube's, um, their own creator fund. And I don't know if it's actually called creator fund or if it's just how they pay their creators that have such big followings, but they do an exchange of 55%. So it is very comparable. It is a, um, direct competition with YouTube, which is really interesting. And we don't really know that like if it's going to 
play out in a way where it trickles down and benefits um, creators that have lower followings or smaller engagement rates until we see how it operates in the next couple of years. And but mm-hmm. like honestly, I think it's a great move in the right direction in order because you know TikTok wouldn't exist without the creators and YouTube, yeah. YouTube vice versa. So this is a way for creators and you know us common folk to get involved with a <laughs> brand like that. Yeah. Do you think it'll pull people over from YouTube? I think so. You know, I found myself more so Googling instead of Googling, going to TikTok to ask, um, you know, the other day I was like, I should go back to the gym. And like, I forgot how to do a Romanian deadlift. What I would previously have done would Mm -hmm. be go to YouTube and look it up. But instead I found TikTok is actually better because it's bite-sized information. And I'd rather pick up information on how to do things through TikTok than YouTube. Wow. That says a lot about I'm sure what people think when they're approaching TikTok and like seeing that these are the real people, the real people that they want to hear from and the people with the insights and the knowledge that, you know, is most valuable to them. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. So I think that's all we have today, which is very exciting. Um, We're really grateful to be here and to share with you guys these stories and these new events that have been taking place. Absolutely. Now that we've wet your palate, go have something more substantial. Cheers. Cheers.